Berezinski, back heel, oh my goodness! Quagliarella with a moment of magic, Sampdoria by three! What a goal by Mr. Wondergoal. Incredible strike, purely instinctive. He's such an instinctive striker, but he has that flair to him. Even at an old age, he can get you a goal like that at any minute of the game, I feel. He really can. And that was against a Napoli side that challenged for the Scudetto in 2018. Margins. Margins against Juve. And Samp had finished ninth that season, which is a pretty regular finish for Samp. So they needed a big man like Qualiarella to get them a goal like that, to put them in that position. Yeah, and they were being coached by... The infamous Gianpaolo. Gianpaolo. And this is essentially what um, led to his move to Milan. Hmm. I mean, you could look like a good manager of your strikers, Qualiarella, I guess. Yeah, top scorer that season, 26 goals. 26 goals. Also, one best striker in the league. He was named in the the top 11. Indeed. Truly phenomenal. I bought his kit a few days ago. If any of you don't know, we're too Milanisti here. We'll try our best not to be biased, but... One of us was actually in Genoa last week. Yes, I was. I watched um, Milan Sampdoria. I was actually there for my nine-year anniversary. Aww. I know, it's adorable. But the game was fucking incredible. <laughs> <laughs> We're explicit, by the way. Yeah. It says explicit. So. We, had to, we had to tick the box. <laughs> but you bought a Qualiarella shirt along with a Goran Pandev shirt. And he got mm, me yes. a lovely set of keychains for both... Genoa and Sampdoria, thank you very much. He actually joked about how he was like, um, if you don't tell me what you got me, I'm going to get my hopes up. And then it's going to be like a keychain or something. When someone calls you from abroad and say, I got you a present. Like, if you want to announce that you got someone a present, it needs to be something large and impressive. I love the keychains, bro. Don't get me wrong there. They're amazing, but you did kind of put my hopes up for. I did, I did, and to be honest, I considered exactly. I considered getting you a dams guard kit, but um, then I realized, who the fuck do I think I am? (laughs) I'm not gonna spend a hundred euro randomly (laughs) on you. You know, I already bought fucking two kits and a Venezia kit, like a few. And dinners every night, bro. Holidays, that red Italian wine, that carbonara, Uh, that pizza, and the pesto in Genoa was mental. So anyway, guys, welcome to the first episode of Seria Spotlight. We'll be your hosts, Matt and Jake. We're brothers, we're Maltese, and we have one thing in common, really, that keeps us going through these tough times, and that is our love for culture. Our burning passion for the beautiful game. Mm. Um, We decided we wanted to um, record these um, conversations that we have every season. So we have like a log, you know, we can refer to them in the in the future it's mainly because our memory is pretty shit so i guess this is a great way to keep track and we always thought that maybe you guys might find this entertaining so bear with us we're pretty unorganized definitely definitely um you're gonna have to put up with a lot <laughs> if, you, if you're planning <laughs> on listening to this tuesdays wednesdays thursdays anytime between that our podcast will be coming out weekly we're gonna be analyzing games we're not professionals but we're gonna try speak like professionals i guess we'll express our opinions our stupid uneducated opinions exactly feel free to roast us no press is bad press so get cracking guys our comment section needs to be lit so exactly follow us at um seria spotlight on twitter and also our personal i mean jake's quite a big guy on twitter all right let's 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 take it easy he, (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't like to talk about it but he is at that milan fan um a staggering 
following really no, no, and it's 2k like it's yes, i mean as opposed to my three <laughs> <laughs> you're the only guy that likes my shit i post really funny you, gifs you shit guys. at twitter bro i <laughs> shit at twitter hey i take my job very seriously so i don't really have time for it but i will make time now guys and i will make you love me i promise that's a pledge he probably will he's very charming um, yes sir we'll see we'll see how this goes so I think basically we're just going to talk about last week's games. I mean, they stemmed from Saturday to Monday. We didn't get to watch much football this weekend. Obviously, Jake was abroad, so I was on girlfriend duties. Um, uh, but normally I'm on girlfriend duties for him. Exactly, exactly. But with or without the girls, we're sitting on the couch, we're watching football. There's a message to all men. Do not let them limit you. Watch football. Enjoy it. And yeah. all you have to do is watch Love Island with them. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it's a bit shit because it's at 10 p.m. I know, yeah, but you can watch the replay at 11. You can. Is, yeah, you yeah. can. I mean, if your girlfriend's understanding enough. <laughs> <laughs> so game week one was Inter at home in the San Siro against Genoa. And I mean, they're back to the same winning ways they were at last season. A 4-0 win. It didn't look like they were lacking, I think. What do you think? They looked great, man. They were really fluid, really dynamic. Dzeko offers something. Of course, Dzeko is a lesser player than Lukaku um, in pretty much most aspects. But Dzeko is very technical and he he's really good at build-up play. Like. I mean, he showed us that. He was really good with his back-towards goal. I mean, playing his teammates in. Um, but we have to talk about Chalanoglu, man. Yeah. Chalanoglu, opening minutes in the first game of the Serie A this season. He whips in a dirty cross and Skriniar's just at the end of it. So, a fantastic start, really, to Chalanoglu. Um, he's great. Um, at set pieces, he's he's phenomenal. And, um, you know, Inter have so many dangerous aerial threats. Devry, like Skriniar, Bastoni, Lautaro. Lautaro. I mean, he's a small guy, but he, he can fucking he jump. Can, he can guy. jump and he's aggressive. You know, he'll win, an, he'll, he'll win a duel. Like Definitely. Yeah. For sure. So the first goal was scored through a screen yard header. Brilliant ball in by Chalanoglu, as we are reiterating right now. And obviously he was somewhat involved in the second goal as well because he curled it in from outside the box. Oh, After, course. by the way, I need to bring it up, mm-hmm. leaving Milan on a free, bro. Uh, yeah, that, that unfortunately happened. Um, what can I say, you know, he's a piece of shit, but... <laughs> <laughs> he scored a phenomenal goal, you know. Typically, as a Milan fan, I'm used to those going straight into the keeper's arms or, you know, over. Let me tell you what, Chalanoglu is a great player and Inter fans will be happy to have him on board. But I'm going to prepare you guys, you're going to be a bit disappointed at times. He does tend to slip up in important moments. I mean, if it weren't for Kessie really pressing forward last season, Milan would have lacked in that area straight up. Um, what Chalanoglu offers is great defensive contribution. Um, he's a real team player, and believe it or not, even though he left his team for free. Um, oh, but such he, a weird one, man. I know, I know. But he's he's good. Um, hopefully, he'll continue to be as streaky as he was with Milan. You know, six months playing well, six months playing terribly. And like his free kick accuracy was horrendous. Like you see him back in his day in Germany. That that free kick in particular against Borussia Dortmund, I think that would get any club interested in wanting to sign Chalanoglu. Just that guy that gets you that goal yeah. out of nowhere. 
Um, but the third goal and then was scored by none other than Arturo Vidal. So there was a bit of a mess up in the box. Um, Barella, just a fantastic, fantastic player. We saw that last season. We saw it in the Euros. He has to be the best, let's call him offensive midfielder in the league. Look at that, man. That ball into the box to Vidal. Yeah, we have we have the game on. We're watching the highlights. If you'd like to follow them, um, just go to Serie page and you can um, watch them with us while we talk basically about them. Definitely. So Vidal was a guy that I thought really wouldn't see much playing time. And to season. be honest, he didn't see that much. And he probably won't see that much in the future. Um, he's But if he continues to perform like he performed today, he could be very useful off the bench. Um, Inter's midfield depth and their striking depth is very good, you know, now of course they, they've landed Correa, they have Lautaro, they've got Sanchez, they've got Zeko, they've got Sensi in the middle as well, um, even their, their wing-backs, they're fine. Um, the problem I see is their defensive depth. Yes, um, they do tend to have a problem there, I mean, their, their back three originally is fantastic, I mean, you have De Vries, you have Skriniar, you have Bastoni, um, D'Ambrosio isn't the worst, I uh, guess. I don't but, think he's a Champions League calibre player, one, one injury calibre, and he's there but, though. But I mean, Inter came last in the group stage of the Champions League last year, so let's, let's keep in mind who Inter are as a squad. Yes, they did just win the Scudetto, but they do have improvements to make, particularly this season. They had a great start, don't get me wrong, 4-0 against Genoa, be it Genoa and the strongest they played, opponent. They played beautiful football, you know, they, they played sexy super, football. Definitely, and that is a result of Simone and Zaghi. I think yeah. you're going to be seeing a more offensive Inter this season. Yeah. I mean, what a statement to make. Four goals in the opening game, just pure, pure entertainment. Yeah, granted, Genoa are dreadful. They are honestly. a disaster. They've, they've got like 40 players coming in and 40 players leaving every <laughs> season, you know. They, they've just lost Shomorodov, they've lost Scamacha, they've lost Zapacosta, they've lost Zaik, they've lost everyone they had, literally. Um, I, I could barely recognize anyone on this Genoa team. And their strikers, to be honest, were, pff, they left a lot to be desired. And I mean, last season, Genoa, I remember to, when the opening six months, they were, I think, rock bottom, bro. They were just... Yeah. I mean, but then they brought in Ballardini. And yeah. He, yeah. He really organized them defensively. They were quite a unit at the point. Um, they've lost Perrin, of course, now as well. They've lost Govodeniga. They've lost many players. Um, I'm worried about them this year, though. I, I think the signing of Perotti is pretty good. That could help them. That could help them. But they need to be aware, because one thing I noticed was that these fucking newly promoted three teams, they're not messing about, man. They're they are not, offensive. No, no, they're, they're savage. Yeah. They want to leave an impression. I mean, it's very likely that we'll see Genoa struggling in the bottom three this this year yeah. um, but anyways we don't want to get sidetracked I think Eden Zeko I'd just scored. like to make one more point um, I think Genoa will bring in enough loan transfers to, to survive this year personally you think they'll secure loans you think that's how they're gonna yes, they, they always do it. Out of it they always do it they, they stay up with players they don't have basically yeah I mean, we both read, read that article recently about Genoa not really making a markup in, in transfer windows I mean I'd like to call it horrible business. I'm no businessman myself, but it does seem that Genoa do lack a certain yeah. business mind. 
Definitely, they're they're unambitious. Basically, yeah, exactly. You know, I I was there last weekend, as you know. Um, yes, I went to the the Milan. Oh, the sorry, the Milan, the Genoa store. Uh huh. And it's in ruins. You know, the staff there are miserable. <laughs> yes, the people yeah. that walk in are miserable. They're like, "Biglietti." <laughs> they're miserable. Bro, can I ask you a question? Please. What are the toilets like in San and Genoa Stadium? Um, it's at the Luigi Ferrari Stadium, they're third world, bro. You piss into a hole and there are three bro, urinals. I recall we had gone up to watch champ- uh, Champions League group stage match between Milan and Real. It was that game where Inzaghi came on, scored two goals. Second goal, he was <laughs> clearly, I mean, he was two men offside at least, but the vibe was electric and no Pedro var Leon. back then just, no just var. vibes no var exactly and pedro leon scoring the goal for real not a very long stint he had with them but whatever and i remember the urinals had the sun zero being intimidatingly they, shit like yeah imagine that on a smaller scale basically and that's luigi ferrari yes. stadium and even to buy to buy a sandwich or to buy a beer like you buy them through a hole in the wall there's yeah. a guy yeah, and there's yeah. like bars you know it's, yeah so Maybe a slight possibility of food poisoning, but one thing... the bread and ham, that's it, no butter, nothing. (laughs) Prosciutto. What a goal by Dzeko though on that fourth goal. Um, He basically controls that really hard Brozovic pass himself, plays it to Vidal, who does really well to find him again with the cross and he heads it in. Um, To be honest with you, I think Genoa, though um, Genoa being weak, played a big part in this game. Um, not to take anything away from Inter, Inter were were great, but Genoa were really bad. And no. and you know they they were missing Destro because there's a lot of confusion going on with him. He was rumored to be going to to Empoli, but they've just signed Pinamonti. So, you know. do you have any idea what's gonna happen with Destro? It's pretty weird because I'm used to seeing him as in like making a stamp on teams like this, but. No idea what's happening with him now. It Seems would, like nobody really wants Destro. It would be weird to see him leave Italy, to be honest. He's always been around. Um, to be honest, he's always been around and he's always been mediocre, to be honest. But um, but he should have been going to Empoli, as I said, but mm. they've just signed Pinamonti. Um, Genoa should be getting Perotti, as we've spoken about. Um, but I, I, you know, it's going to be hard for them, definitely. So defensively, Genoa were, as we mentioned, pretty shit. It's difficult to perform well defensively against a team like Inter, particularly an Inter under Simone Enzaghi with fucking Zerko up up front. Um, but Van Hilton, Genoa's defender, I think was the only high point that there was for uh, Genoa this game. Funnily enough, he's an Inter player on loan at Genoa. He's only 22 years old and he had 12 balls recovered that game, which is decent, to be honest, for a Genoa man Mm. against Inter. He's probably the only positive from that Genoa performance. Um, Before we move away from Inter, a fun fact. um, Recently, Dumfries, in an interview, was asked Mm. um, if he has learned any Italian, (laughs) to which he replied with un poquito. (laughs) (laughs) The reporter was like, that's Spanish. And he went, whoops. (laughs) You know what I remember? I remember Beckham being hilarious at at Italian when he moved to Sono, Moto, Felice, um, Con, Arriva, um, Milan. It was literally literally that. You guys should look it up. It's hilarious. But we're not going to bother you about Milan again. Again. We're going to move on to the next game. And the next game was Sassuolo against Verona. Verona at home. So the interesting thing about this game is that Di Francesco is currently um, managing... 
of course, Hellas Verona. Hmm. Um, he's an ex-Sassuolo manager. Of course, he is actually the guy who led them out of Serie B into Serie A and into the Europa yeah. League. Yeah, I remember that. That's crazy. I forgot that was different. Francesco. Of course, he was. He was incredible with them. You know, Berardi was an absolute menace back then. He would terrorize the Milan clubs. And that was that got Sassuolo's him, prime, honestly. That got him a great move to Roma, and I I remember there was a period where he actually did bits at Roma with that comeback against against Barca in the quarterfinals. That whole Manolas. The Greek Golden Rome <laughs> moment with Peter Drury got them to the semi-finals of the Champions League. I mean, not bad for the Francesco. Not bad, Roma. but he didn't do enough domestically. And um, in fact, after that, he flopped at Sampdoria. He had six losses in seven games. Jesus. And he almost had Cagliari relegated last year, even though they stubbornly renewed him. Um, and he, he continued to mess up until they eventually replaced him. Now, um, anyway, uh, Sassuolo currently have Dionisi, who was Empoli's coach, um, and you know he has to fill in Deserbi's boots, which are mm. big boots to fill, to be honest with you. And before we move on from the coaches, um, a fun fact about Eusebio Di Francesco is that he was named after the Portuguese football legend, yes, Eusebio, of course. And if I had a euro every time we won a draft with that guy, I would have what <sighs> two, two euros. <laughs> He's definitely the best striker in the game, along with Eto, along with Eto. Yeah. But a He's fantastic. Great, you know, but he was a, he was a great player, great player. So this game, to be honest with you, um, Verona were probably better than Sassuolo in the first half. Um, prior to the Veloso red card, of course, mm. even though they had already gone down, to be honest, and of course Raspadori. In the 32nd minute, Juricic plays a ni- nice pass to him and he, he controls it, a Pato-esque touch, you know, completely oh. destroying Gunter and finishing it cleanly. The goalkeeper. He had sent a, a DM to Raspadori once, yeah, and then he had scored like two against Milan, and <laughs> <laughs> you hated all there, there was a period in our lives where we would get drunk, we'd watch football, <laughs> and with text players telling them how envious of their lives we were. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> I had like, um, had uh, Concili. Concili, I had exactly. Concili. I thought he has a beautiful wife, he has a beautiful life, and I'm really exactly. happy for him. You were like, um, Concili, you have a beautiful family. And I envy you greatly. <laughs> but yes, Raspadori basically then scored two against Milan. And um, of course, I, I sent him a message and I was like, after all the nice things I told you, man, you're, you're going to do this to me. But anyway, in the 47th minute, um, Veloso got a second yellow card for a stomp, which was weird because Juricic slid into him. Juricic did slide into him. The, I, to be honest, I totally see why someone would get a second yellow card for, for that. Was it intentional? Um, Probably was not. Pre- no, I, but I he, he stomped all over him. I guess that could be a yellow card. And since it was his, it was his second, you know, it makes sense. That I he, mean, he was he, he was up. pretty hot at the moment. Yeah. I, I, w- I would not be surprised if that was a malicious attempt by Veloso. It's not like we have never seen that before. But that did bring Verona down to 10 men. And that did cause them to go down by two after what was a phenomenal goal by Juricic. Won the ball in midfield, brings it forward, plays it to Caputo. Caputo does, we're talking about Zerko with his back towards goal. Caputo does the same thing, manages to strengthen up the defender. The old one-two. The old one-two, baby, working its finest. 
plays the ball back to Juricic. Such a clever finish at the first post, man. Incredible. And we thought at this point that Sassuolo would just, you know, plain sail all the way to victory. But um, Verona still fought back. Uh, Zaccagni won a penalty. It was Tolian who eventually dropped him after he was, um, of course, being a menace on the left-hand side of the pitch. And he sends the goalkeeper the wrong way. You know, goes straight for the ball in celebration. You know, De Francesco's freaking out. Everyone thinks they can do it. And then, of course, in the 77th minute, um, Traore scores a lovely curler, assist by Jeremy Boga. Traore seems to be getting better and better every season, doesn't he? Traore is great, man. Traore is great. To, to be honest, it did take me up until this game to realise it. That was such a great goal by him. The classic Tira Gira which uh, Insigne is known for. Um, but to be honest, man, you can't fault Verona for their heart. Zaccagni again. Um, he has such heart for a player of his age as well. Definitely. He's in his late 20s, of course. Um, I'm, I'd be surprised if he doesn't make a big move anytime soon. He's so good. Um, the way he destroys Magnanelli in the second goal that he scores is phenomenal. You know, He lets the ball go under his leg, just completely shimmies. Fantastic finish, fantastic finish. A bit, bit, I mean, a bittersweet result, really, for Verona. They they can take away a great performance down to 10 men against a side like Sassuolo. They were without Berardi, but I mean, with the impact Raspadori brought to the game, um, uh, they were at full flow, really. So Verona could be happy with their performance, but at the end of the day, first game of the season at home, they drop three points. They need to move on, they need to keep their head up. I feel like Di Francesco could make an impact at that team. So I encourage them. I encourage them to keep going and to stay on track. And I'm sure they'll be able to do better in the if, next game. If Zaccagni stays, they'll be fine. Remember, they were missing Lasagna in this game too. Um, he's definitely a better striker than Kalic. They, but man, let me tell you what. Even with Kevin Lasagna, these guys do miss a true number nine. Yeah. They miss a goal scorer. I mean, you see that. Just a number of missed opportunities by them yet again this season and to be honest I don't think Kevin Lasagna would be the answer for that issue we've seen his compilations before we've seen his perform <laughs> he does tend to get ahead of himself when through on goal um, actually the funny thing about Zaccani is that he's actually been linked according to Corriere dello Sport to Lazio for a 10 yes, to 15 Lazio. million move yes um, I think he would be incredible under Sarri personally I think it would be crazy good. I mean, most players would be. Zakani to me, is ready for a big-time move, finally. like I'm a massive fan of Hellas Verona, so I'd like to see any um, high-caliber player over there. But for his own personal sake, I mean, he should be pushing towards a Champions League yeah. spot. He is that caliber level of a player now. So I do hope that there's a transfer for him sometime soon, yeah. to be honest. Fratesi looked very promising. Um, he could make Locatelli's departure more bearable, definitely. We saw him, I mean, even in the under-21s. He had some great performances over yeah. there. We kept a close eye on him and we're fans. Yeah, he's, he's not that good in the final third. And with the under-21s, I felt like he was finding himself in that position very often and unfortunately not making the most out of it. But he... With, um, you know, with Sassuolo, I feel like he has many players around him who he could just lay it off to. 
For sure, they're a very creative team. They're a very dynamic team as well. Um, I've seen some reviews from from media houses, Italian media houses, saying that Verona, I mean, would be would be in the bottom the bottom five, the bottom six of the league this season. I couldn't. I've even seen some more. say that he that they would get relegated. No, I, that's, I, I that's don't bullshit. think. I don't think so. That's Especially bullshit. if Zaccani says they're fine, they're definitely fine. No, I, and they have a great project going under Di Francesco as well. No, I mean, heads up to Verona. They're, I mean, they're on the right track. They had a great performance against a tough side. I'm sure they'll bounce back from this. They'll get great performances and great results, even against the top five. And it should be as entertaining a season as last season. I think they'll miss DiMarco, who, by the way, I forgot to mention, I think will eventually bench Perisic for Inter. Um, I think he's a fantastic so? talent. Yes, definitely. Um, he's so good on the left. He's even played as a centre-back. So going back to what we were discussing about um, Inter's defensive depth, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Dif- um, sorry, DiMarco playing centre-back. Di Marco playing centre back. He's done it. He's done it okay. before at Verona. Yes, yes. I, I think he could. He could definitely do it for him. Well, too. down the right flank, a guy that I'm a massive fan of as well, Faraoni. Oh, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. Actually. He wasn't there. He this, wasn't there. This, no, this, but he, this game, they definitely missed him. One hundred percent. I mean, the guy is okay. Granted, he's he's a wing back, but he does bring a certain eye for goal. He has great pace to him. Great defensive contribution. He can whip a dirty, dirty ball in, and he's not too bad himself in the final third not as well. All, We've seen him all. rack up some yeah, goals. He scored quite a few last year. I forgot how many exactly. I had him on Fanta Calcio, so I was quite happy, <laughs> quite happy, and I won. So, but basically, the moving away from that is is that um, it's hard to judge Verona's performance based on the on this game because of the red card on Veloso. For sure. For I feel like sure. they could have definitely got a point today. As I said, I, I, I do believe the challenge was was malicious from a very experienced man as well. Um, uh, so that did impact their game. The man's going to need to take some responsibility and recognize that his mistake could have led to that defeat against Oswolo. But I'm sure they can bounce back from it. And I think we should probably move on to the next game. Yes. So the next game was Empoli against Lazio, which finished um, 3-1 to Lazio. Actually, it was a stylistically beautiful game between two teams that play very attractive and positive football. Um, Lazio had actually the most distance covered this match day, um, and Empoli were third, so it was probably the most intense game of the Weekend. I'd agree. They they had to work hard. Empoli are not fucking around. That's that's their one balls thing are really. massive, man. Their, their, their balls, balls are, are huge. Massive. Their balls are huge. I mean, they did open the scoring. Um, uh, it was a Bandinelli goal. Um, uh, thanks to an assist by Bayrami. So Bayrami patiently waited for space to open up and plays Bandinelli in, who finished off superbly. I mean. What a way to make your mark in Serie A, particularly when assisting Empoli um, to finishing first in the Serie B last season. And clearly they're here to make an impression. They're part of those three teams that came up that I spoke about, who, as we reiterated, have massive balls. <laughs> um, in the sixth minute, just two minutes after Bandinelli's goal, Milinkovic Savic scored a header um, cross from Felipe Anderson. This was a training ground routine with a short corner. 
that saw Felipe Anderson whipping the ball into Milinkovic Savic just towered over everyone. He looks incredible. Right he looks now. incredible, man. And I mean, we can't we can't fault his size as well as an individual. He's obviously very technically gifted, but in those training ground routines that we saw in um, their equalizer. He's going to be very prominent at the first post, um, especially throughout those throughout those routines. Um, a really strong character as well for the team. Milinkovic Savic will definitely, as every season, have a large role to play in their campaign. Um, the next goal, and then from Lazio's end, was scored by none other than Lazzari. So he started his run from the halfway line. 1-2. Great finish. I mean, Lazzari, what a player. What a run, what a player, honestly. Um, the finish was beautiful, too. And as Sergei milinkovic Savic already stated, um, the new coach allows him to play deeper so he can express himself a little bit further there. But can we talk about Vicario as well? Um, he was awful on a cherry on that third goal for Lazio on the penalty. I, I don't know what to say when I just see yeah, such a mistake made by a goalkeeper. Like, obviously, Empoli aren't the... They're not challenging for anything this season. Their sole purpose is to stay alive. But you need to have a guy between the sticks that's just going to make you feel comfortable, that's going to make you feel at ease and really commands the game. And we're not saying that Vicario isn't that guy. Of course, he looked amazing at Cagliari last year when he replaced Cranio. Um, in fact, that's why Empoli actually brought him in, because they're... Goalkeeper on the bench, Brignoli. Um, he's the guy who scored against Milan, by the way. He, <laughs> fuck. He, um, he's pretty good, and he won goalkeeper of the year in Serie did B he? last year. Of course he did. Yes, um, he's he's a no nonsense goalkeeper. He played pretty well last year, so I think Vicario is gonna have to step up, or his position might be challenged. Well, he brings down a Cherby, and Immobile steps up. Uh, obviously, Mr. Reliable when it comes to the six-yard box. Uh, we've seen him struggle time and time again, particularly with the national team. I don't think you can take anything away from Chiro Mobile. I think he's a different man when he's in the Lazio kit. Um, what a player. He, he, he is that player that's going to bring Lazio 15-plus goals a season, at least. Yeah, um, to be honest, Empoli could have definitely remained in the game. Um, Bandinelli missed a one-on-one and he also had his shot cleared off the line miraculously by Luis Felipe. Um, by Rami hit the post. You know, they were definitely in this to, to play around. Mancuso showing his experience, of course. Um, he's a seasoned player. He's got 33 goals in 76 games um, in, for Empoli. You know, he's a great player. And Bayrami has 10 goals in 64 games. They, they're the main creative outlets. So it's interesting seeing Cotrone here and with Pinamonti arriving. You know, if Cotrone dips in form, Pinamonti, I'm sure, would be waiting to fill in that spot. It was interesting to see Cotrone drifting wide um, for them on occasion. Um, We've seen him do that a bit at Milan as well. Indeed. I remember him playing off the left for, for a while. Exactly. And Gattuso had actually deployed him there, comparing him to Mandzukic as like a ah, hard-working kind of... Slow, stocky left-wingers. Yeah. So, I mean, a perfect match, really. But I, I am excited for Cotrone's venture yeah. over here. We've, we saw him have a good stint at Milan where he would come off the bench and get those all-important goals. It's good to see him with a slightly lower-level team that are willing to give him the time of day, even if, even if it means playing him out of position. Um, it's a chance for him to express himself. Uh, so, 
Best of luck to Cotrone. I'm sure he'll back some in this season. And to be honest, I don't think this was the worst performance at all by him. Definitely not a promising start. By the way, a fun fact about Bayrami. Do you know who he played for before Empoli? No. He played for the Swiss team Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers, eh? yes. <laughs> a weird, weird name. But anyway, moving on, the next game was Torino-Atalanta. The score was 2-1 to Atalanta. Of course, um, this was an interesting game. Going into it, of course, Gasperini is the car- currently the longest-serving manager in Serie A. Um, he's been there since 2016. He took over Eduardo Reja um, back then. While Torino have a new coach in Urich, um, ex-Verona coach. He's very promising and, to be honest, he had them playing very well. Way better than what we saw last year. Um, Torino practically Torino fought. Disaster. Yeah, they fought relegation last the year. The entire season. Yeah. But I, I do think that they kept their shape really nicely against Atalanta. Naturally, no one wants to get off to a loss. But particularly when Atalanta have a manager like Gasperini, like Jake said, he has such an impact on the team. I think he's one of the few managers in the world that would have that full say over the squad. He wanted Papu Gomez out, he got him out. He plays the team exactly the way he wants it. The man has a massive massive pair of balls um, yeah, and he beats his players up if they don't listen to exactly, him apparently exactly yeah. so what violence in the dressing room punched no. Papu in the face nah, <laughs> like he squared no, he, up he, with him yeah, or, apparently or something he, he like threatened him physically according to Papu Gomez which is um, of course well, we're hearing candid. one side yeah. over here so I yeah, mean, but but you remember when they had the surprise COVID inspection or whatever? No, the surprise doping inspection. Ah, it? yes. What yeah, he was got that? he got very aggressive, Gasparini. Maybe he's a bit of a hothead, the little man. He does seem a bit like like a hothead. I've I've heard I've heard that he's described as somewhat of a little man, which yeah. isn't describing his physical attributes, but rather his personality. But anyway, this, he does. This get... refers to him bringing on Caldara against Milan in the ninety second minute. By the way, he's a he's a you know, a small man. He's, he's a, a small a dirt man. Bag. A great a dirt. coach, but a small man. He's, he's, he's probably one of the best in the league. And I mean, he's gotten the best out of players like Muriel. Who, who in the sixth minute today, by the way, beautiful solo effort, curling it in from the right with his left foot. He can score from anywhere, you know. And the way Gasperini manages this guy is insanely... I mean, it's amazing. Like I'm going to be intrigued to see Muriel start the entire season on the pitch because we've always seen him as kind of like that super sub. He did start a couple of games towards the last quarter of the season, but we have seen him come off as a super sub quite often. To be honest, I don't think we'll be seeing him start um, if Duvan Zapata stays. I'm currently, mm. you know, the Mercato's all over the place. We don't know what's going on. Mm. But um, Gasperini manages Muriel in this way. He gives him 60 minutes, a maximum of 60 minutes. And he gets the best out of him. Because Muriel is a pure talent, you know. He's not... Physically, he's not the most optimal player. but Mm. But he's got the talent. We saw Musso have quite a good performance on his debut as well. To be honest, I'm really glad that Atalanta have signed that high-level keeper rather than having a SoundCloud rapper in, in goal. So Gollini! So that is worth bringing up. He did have a couple of solid moments. He commands the box well. But that didn't deny Bellotti. Yeah. Um, he took a shot on the edge of the area which deflected off Mele and went over Musso. 
to score. The 79th minute at this point, we thought, okay, maybe Torino are going to get something out of this, you know, but it was only the 93rd minute where Piccoli scored. Of course, there, was, there seemed to be a loss of concentration by Torino at the end, and Pasalic had four players around him. It seemed they were desperate to get the ball out of there. And he just laid it off as he was falling to Piccoli, who finished off beautifully. A wonderful finish. I mean, a bright young talent as well. As we were discussing before the game as well, I didn't know much about Piccoli before the start of the season. I'm, I'm not going to lie. But he is seeming like that type of player they could bring off the bench. Atalanta, as I mentioned, do love those players. That yeah, players like Lammers. Lammers as well. But we've seen Pessina come off the bench yeah. as well. Uh, luckily enough for us, we're seeing him start games nowadays. Yeah. Uh, Malinowski behind him as well. We'll see a lot of the room this season as well, yeah. obviously. They were actually missing him. They were missing Toloi, Froiler, Derun, Zapata and Hattiber today. And they still got the job done. And That's I mean, the loss good. of Romero to Tottenham Hotspurs as well. But we, we did see them remain compact in shape as well. Their back three did a fantastic job as well. A convincing performance again by Atalanta. It was not an easy Torino side to face. They're doing much better than they were last season. So they I'm had, excited. They had 19 attempts. 19 attempts. 19 attempts. That's the most. That's, this, that's this must be the highest. It is. It is the highest, in fact. And Palomino had 29 recoveries, the highest of the match day, which is just impressive. Palomino had 29 recoveries. 29 recoveries. Jesus Christ. Um, and they recently, by the way, Atalanta concluded the signing of Zappa Costa, who had a pretty good season at yes. Genoa last year, and I'm looking forward to see what Gasperini can do with him, I'm sure we'll see quite a few goal contributions from him. 100%. And he's just a great player as well to have in the dressing room, even if he's not contributing to the starting eleven. I mean, bringing experience to the side like that, he's played all over the place as well. He's played in the highest competitions. So, a great signing for them. A great signing. Yeah, they're often good in the market. You know, they cashed in on Romero, they brought in Demiral and Lovato. Like, give me a break. These guys, <laughs> these guys are great, you know. Honestly, money well spent. Agreed 100%. We're moving on, however, to possibly the most chaotic game in the opening week of the season. Bologna Salernitana, it ended in a 3-2 home victory to Bologna. And you could tell this was going to be a chaotic game. Um, Bologna previously lost to Serie B side Ternana 5-4. My God. And they're out of the Coppa Italia. Jesus. Because of that, you know, Salernitana had a pretty positive preseason, and they actually had the least goals conceded in Serie B last year, with 34. One more goal conceded than Monza, who did Jesus. not make it to Serie. Okay. Uh, of course. Yeah. Okay. So the game started out. Um, in the 34th minute, we were put off. To be honest, Stramberg got his second yellow for a handball, a little bit. So we made a joke. Salernitana were playing pallanuoto in the box <laughs> for the entire game. Their hands were just all over the place. Yeah, they were. Um, you know, Stramberg getting his second yellow there. Pretty inexperienced, in my opinion. Of course, in the 50th minute later on, Soriano also got his second yellow. He made contact with a player's face in the penalty area awarding a penalty to Salernitana. That, in one moment, I think that describes football perfectly. So, from one moment, a newly promoted side are down to 10 men against Bologna, who are, I mean, a very decent side. Suddenly, in, in one minute, they're both down to 10 men, equal, um, and their main man steps up to take a, to take a penalty, Bonazzoli, 
and he delivers. I mean, what a great start, sends keeper the wrong way. Yes, he does, and he machine guns away the Benatia celebration. Ah, remember I remember Benatia. Yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> I remember, that was so embarrassing. Yes, it was. But anyway, later on, the current top scorer of the league gets his first goal with a strong shot over the line. Um, it was too strong for Belek to keep out. It came from a corner. De Silvestri, assisted by Sansone. Um, fantastic, to be honest. What a player. I really like this guy. He's a great man as well. And he's always proven to have this kind of prowess in front of goal. You know, he's instinctive. Mm-hmm. He's strong. Two headers in this game. This one just slightly over the line. We could thank, we could thank goal line technology for that one. Very quick to make that decision. Yeah, in the 70th minute, they took the lead again with a Koulibaly curler after absolute mayhem in the box. What the hell was going on there? Um, Simi played played a great part there. I mean, his physical presence in the box was great. Um, uh, but that curler, what a goal by Koulibaly. How many goals do you think Simi will get this year? Simi, I don't see him getting more than 10 to be honest, really? I, I mean... He'll be their penalty taker. He will be their penalty taker, but I, I see him, to be honest, settling at 9-10 goals a season. He never really plays for the most flattering sides. We don't really see these sides get many penalties anyway, to be honest. I don't know what we could say about that. Um, but I think I think 9-10 goals is pretty much the ben- the benchmark for a striker like Simi, and that would be an impressive number, to be honest. It would be. Hopefully he gets... Closer to the 15 area I really like What do you think? Do you think that's a possibility for Simi? I think it's a possibility Is it going to happen? I'm not sure I like the guy You know, 6 foot 6 Lanky figure Mm. Kind of like Formidable opponent You know, Nigerian Massive He's he's got great instinct in the box He's, He's clumsy at times He is clumsy He is clumsy But Speaking of Top goal scorers Arnautovic with the next goal. What a goal. <laughs> what a take. Between the time that he controlled the ball and sent it to the back of the net, it must be a, a split second. He's so experienced in those areas, to be honest. I think he's going to bring such a difference to the Bologna side, which had Palacio last season, who, although he's a great player, just struggles to get they've, goals. They've been lacking a striker for years now, man. They have, they've been playing Musa Barro up front, Palacio up front. They haven't had a proper nine. And to be honest, Arnautovic is a breath of fresh air. And they actually rejected Diego Costa for this guy. Did they? Of course they did. Mihailovic, you know, decided that he'd rather have Arnautovic. And to be honest, in the Euros, he looked pretty good. No, he did. He yeah. did. But then, with the winner, our man again, with second goal of the game, both to the head, De Silvestri. With his fat head. With his fat noggin. <laughs> Jumps in again, very commanding in the box. To be honest, I think, apart from him being a commanding figure in the six-yard box, um, a few notes to point out about Salernitana's defending. I mean, totally by himself for this goal. You'd think they learned, mm. you know, from the first goal. But apparently, clearly... They didn't. It would be a lack of experience as well from their end in this area. They probably have not defended against these, I mean, slightly higher caliber routines. But he does get between he two had, defenders. Yeah, he very had quite a few, a few players on him. Simi was one of them, you know. But anyway, I'm in the 88th minute, Shouten gets his second yellow for a late tackle. Yeah, he had a good performance before he that. Shouten. He did. He's very good. He had a fantastic game. But, I mean, he did go in very late with that challenge, second yellow of the game. He, I mean, the man wasn't complaining himself. 
Um, just really fits the theme of this very aggressive opening week of the season. And if you want a fun team to watch this year in Syria, it's probably Bologna, right? 100%. I mean, they're never shy of providing entertainment. You never really know where Bologna are going to end up in the season, yeah. eh? And they can concede. And that's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to my personal favorite game this week. Of course it is. Yeah, was um, Udinese 2, Juventus 2. You know, high hopes coming in for Juve. They had Allegri. There was this whole stigma that Pirlo dropped points for nothing. You know, everyone was like, oh, Allegri never dropped these points back yeah. in the day. Mm. You know, um, he always won the easy games and that's what won us titles. It's like, okay. One thing, one thing Allegri has done, however, is he has shown a lot of faith in Paolo Dybala. And I mean, what a performance by him throughout the entire game. I mean, he gets the best out of him. Definitely. 100%. A goal so and an assist. He opens the scoring. I mean, it was great work as usual by Cuadrado in the third minute, showing his trickery. He was played slightly higher up than he normally does, just playing right midfielder whilst Danilo was behind him. Gives him a great opportunity to express himself and contribute more to the game. Showed a bit of trickery over there, played Bentancur through. Bentancur squares it. Dybala, brilliant toe poke into the back of the net. By no means was that an easy finish, guys. Not at all. Um, and in the 23rd minute, Quadrado actually scores himself Dybala with the assist what a ball a by Dybala ball. there and then Cuadrado goes on to break Nuitink's ankles it's it's to be honest hard to see Nuitink go down like that I'm such a fan of the guy he's such a great yeah. defender but the joy only lasted until the 50th minute when Chesney decided to mishandle the ball after an Arslan attempt, quite a weak attempt as well. I don't know what we can say about Chesney after this week. It just seems like, I mean, terrible goalkeeping overall. It's a bad week for Polish goalkeepers in general. <laughs> it really is. Um, you know, Chesney was molding himself into a nice goalkeeper Allegri praised him you know he said mm -hmm. he's top three for him mm -hmm. this week he did not look top three at all he looked terrible not at all very submissive worried. very submissive yeah. and it's like every time the ball was anywhere next to Chesney everyone seemed to freak out a little I don't think anyone trusts the man in goal um, it's interesting to see how long it would take until Juve step up for, a, for another goalkeeper but anyway that was the name of the game after that uh, Udinese Udinese pretty much settled very high up the field. Juventus fell into a submissive state. And they weren't pressing. No, they were. They were they're just letting Udinese play. And Udinese are slow with the build-up, man. They're, they're very slow. They're very slow. But Juventus did manage to get back and hit the post, which they did twice during the game. Mm. Um, but I'm afraid, guys, Juventini hitting the post isn't quite enough nowadays. You kind of need yeah. to get it in the back of the net more times than your opponent to win, but... In the 83rd minute, Chesney decided to go buy a hot dog. De Olefeu <laughs> took the ball from him and scored, of course. Um, 94th minute, Ronaldo had been on for, what, 30 minutes? Uh, something like that. Something like that. Um, Chiesa, who had also come on. Um, Allegri decided not to start Chiesa and Ronaldo, because I guess that's what a good manager would I, do, I, right? I, Just I, bench, bench your best players. I absolutely don't know the reason as to why Chiesa in particular wouldn't start. I mean, I'm sure Max would know more than me in this case. But yeah. you, I mean, a guy that contributes that amount in a game needs to be on for the full 90 minutes. At least start the He's guy. He's trying to be Gasparini with yeah, Maria, you know? Of course, trying to flash his balls to everyone. But anyway, but, the but, 94th minute... 
Chiesa whips in a dirty ball to Ronaldo with a beautiful header. You know, he Man. scores, he rips off his t-shirt. Everyone going absolutely crazy, you know. He's fucking sweet. You know, he's doing the whole thing. Turns out his left pectoral was offside, brother. Just by margins. So his goal gets cancelled and he gets a yellow card for for nudity. What a beautiful sight that was, though. Like, I love Ronaldo. I absolutely adore him. I hate Juventus. I'm not even going to lie. Seeing their little hearts break after that was kind of like a, a reality check. Guys... You employed someone new. He's brought you success before. You need to give him time now. Yeah. He's been away for a while. He has. Um, unfortunately, this might not be your year. It might be your year as well. This is only the first game, of course. Um, we'll see. We'll see. They brought Mon- Locatelli in, bro. Locatelli. Yeah, for a fantastic debut. He made. He came on in the 89th minute. A whole ass minute, guys. A whole a minute. A whole minute. Yeah. Bernardeschi in the first half had nine touches. What can can I ask what what Bernardeschi was doing in the starting eleven on the left flank? Honest to God, I have no idea. How weird, man! I have no. He finished the game with sixteen touches. He was <laughs> replaced an hour in. Honestly, he did nothing. He did. He did as much as Mandzukic, who was in the stands. Fun fact. So sour start for Juve. Would that be more to come? No idea. I really hope it is. Um, Do but you think Ronaldo stays? I don't. I. He doesn't want to be there from from what it seems. And I mean, apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, he's pushing for a move to Man City, who are on the lookout for a striker at the moment. I don't know if he's pushing for it, but I think, I do think he'd like to leave. I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the guy said he wanted a new challenge in Italy, so he decided to join the team that had won the Scudetto eight (laughs) years in a row. He managed to get the ninth, finished, I, I think, top scorer as well that season. So it hasn't been a bad spell for Ronaldo by all means, but it would be interesting to see where he ends up next season. We haven't seen many bids coming in, but I'm very excited to see what his future holds. Same here. So for the next game, we have Napoli against Venezia, which finished 2-0. Now Napoli, of course, have their new manager, Spalletti. Um, Venezia newly promoted, of course. Interesting fact, by the way. Did you notice that Venezia were missing their logo for this game? Yes, you brought this up earlier. Apparently, they they can't have their name shown twice on on the same on the yeah, same. Yeah, some kit. some technicality like that. But it's a shame because their kit is gorgeous. You have one. Yes, so. I do. I'm gonna have to remove the logo now. So <laughs> don't don't, yeah, don't you no, dare! I'm not touching it. So from the start of this game, to be honest, I, I couldn't help but notice that hothead that Napoli have up front in Victor Osimhen. <laughs> you know, people had high hopes going into the season for for Osimhen. He's He's a great player, you know, he's a, with Spalletti over there, people thought that he was going to be the top scorer of the league. He might still be the top scorer, but I feel like he's he's kind of immature at times. People were hoping that this year he'd change. Last year he had the whole COVID antics and getting injured in Nigeria and whatever the hell that was. Um, this wasn't the best start, you know, 23rd minute, Ozyman red card, he lunged at a player. He's, he's, he's looking surprised like some kind of idiot. I mean, he, he literally swung somewhat somewhat of a, a, a short right hook to, to the defender in the box. So, I mean, Napoli down to 10 men, but thankfully that did not discourage the game of Pallanuoto going on in Venezia's box as they handled it yet again. Caldara with mm. the hands ball. Mm. Terrible. 
57th minute, Insignia goes for the penalty, skies it. I think he should be better at penalties by now, Insignia. He should, he's their main man. And I, I adore the guy, I genuinely think that he's one of the brightest talents in Italian football at the moment, but that's that's a terrible, a terrible penalty. And this not, isn't the first time. It's not, it's not the first time. He will get his fair share of penalties this season. Napoli are that kind of team that spend a lot of time in the opposition box. Um, but thankfully he's learned his lesson, he steps up and he converts the second. In the 62nd minute, yes, he went for the opposite direction at this time, to the left, scoring, of course, and running away in celebration. What What's interesting to him is that Venezia never really attacked this game, even though they were a man up. They just never challenged Napoli. They looked unambitious. They, they just reminded me of a literal team that has just gotten promoted, which is exactly what they are. But they showed absolutely no ambition. I mean, they piled men back in an attempt to stop that vicious front three of Napoli. It was interesting to point out as well that in that front three, it was missing Irving Lozano. Yeah, um, Spalletti opted for Politano for the start. You know, I don't blame him. Politano's a nice player. Politano is a nice player. I always liked him. He, he was criticised last season. And he'd only get goals when Napoli are two, three goals ahead. Yeah, yeah, I remember people saying that. Yeah, it's kind of true, to be honest. Uh, an interesting thing, Lobotka is looking slimmer. He's looking more nimble than when he first arrived. He's looking good, to be honest. Do, a do a solid think, option for them. Do you think we're going to see him start more games, especially with the loss of Bakayoko this season? I don't think so. I think they'll replace him. And I think Elmas is, is pretty good, too. Speaking of Elmas, he scored the next goal. A fantastic take. Tira Gira, normally what, what Insignia is, is known for. Um, but he did fantastically himself. A lovely, lovely shimmy as though he's going right. Kicks it into the far post, an early strike. What a goal to seal the victory. Great goal. Good start for Napoli being a man down. 2-0. A clean victory, to be honest. Where do you see Napoli ending up this season? So we've seen them uh, challenge for the Scudetto in the top two against Juve before. Um, now we've seen them fighting for a Champions League position. Do you think that they'll put that staple there at the home? they have some high competition in Milan, Atalanta, Juventus, Inter? I think they, they finish top four. They finish top four? Yeah, Spalletti's Napoli. a top four master. They'll get top four. And where do you think Venezia will finish? To be honest, bottom three, bro. I, 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 I really don't see a lot going for them this season. Not at all. I think they go straight back down. Straight back down. Lovely city, but yeah, a city made for Serie B, maybe. I hope we're wrong. I hope Genoa go down so they're punished <laughs> for their lack of ambition, you know. <laughs> you just hate Genoa, bro. I don't hate them, but it's just frustrating to see these guys stay up with what they don't have, you know. Mm, agreed. But in the next game, it was another cagey affair between the new two managers. It was a game between Roma and Fiorentina at the Olimpico. New manager, obviously, in Jose Mourinho, the special one, as he goes up against Vincenzo Italiano. Ex-Spezia manager, very promising manager, one of the most promising in Italy, actually, up-and-coming managers. He's, he's great, you know. And looking at Fiorentina this game, they looked like a... A better Spezia. To they be did. They did look like a really good side, to be honest. They faced a very, very strong Roma. 
And to be honest, I think we will be seeing Fiorentina in that top 10 yeah, next certainly, season. Certainly. I'm, I'm seeing some ambition as well in who they're opting for in the transfer market as well. There's some talk about Berardi. I'm not too sure whether or not that's going to happen. But they do seem ambitious, which is always a great sign. Yeah, it would, it would be great to see them improve a bit. You know, historically, they're a beautiful team. Um, so this game started out anyway in the 17th minute. Dragovski made it hard for us to really see where Fiorentina stand because he came out recklessly to challenge Abraham, who's obviously much faster than he is. <laughs> and he he fucked him up. He <laughs> fucked him up totally. He got sent off in the opening few minutes of the game. What a ball by Ibanez, bro. Beautiful, really. And what a run by Abraham. Yeah, it was great, really. Those two, Abraham in particular, looks really good. He does look really good. He contributed so much to the game. He might have not found the scoring in his opening match, but a lot for Jose Mourinho to work on. He's got two assists. He got Dragovski sent off. You know, he had a pretty good game overall. He linked up really well as well in the build-up play. Definitely. And that ball he played through to Mkhitaryan as well for the second goal, I was sure that Mkhitaryan was offside. He looked so offside, really. I mean, that goes to show just how effective VAR is, but it's good to see as well Mkhitaryan getting off to a strong start as well with that goal to definitely help his confidence. He is a top-calibre player for Roma, um, and I think he'll continue to be that guy throughout the entirety of the season. I think so too. In the 52nd minute, Zaniolo got his second yellow. He was good this game, but he... He seems to be lacking sharpness, to be honest, which is understandable because he was injured for so long, you know. He has to be one of the unluckiest men in football, I mean, to tear one ACL, recover fully and then tear your next ACL. I, I mean, we do see that commonly in ACLs. You tend to put pressure on your healthier on your healthier leg and that does tend to lead to further injuries in that leg. Um, but it's unfortunate to see because I saw Zaniolo, to be honest, fighting Chiesa for that for that spot in Italy squad, man. Yeah, certainly he's definitely got the talent. But he did get he did get sent off there. I'm afraid didn't help Fiorentina much in that affair. But in the 60th minute, Milinkovic basically turned into Dennis Bergkamp. <laughs> Great control, brings the ball down perfectly. Volleys it just on the bounce, yet manages to keep the ball down and place it under Rui Petrich. <laughs> <laughs> and this was a, a beautiful demonstration as to what Italiano brings to this Fiorentina side. It was a corner routine at the end of the day. You know, Biragi plays it to Pulgar, who whips it in, finding Milinkovic, who controls it beautifully with the right and smashes it home with the left. Beautiful, beautiful. Amazing, Shortly really. after that, and then as well, Tammy Abraham hit the crossbar. Yes, the head. he did. So, I mean, constant, constant, brilliant pressure from Roma. How good, bro, is Pellegrini? Pellegrini is amazing. And um, Mourinho described him as a brilliant player. He said that if he could play three Pellegrinis in the middle, he would. <laughs> um, he said sexily and seductively, he knows what I want. <laughs> Morin is the ultimate James Bond villain yeah. in, in football, and I adore it. Literally. Um, but I'm, I'm happy to have him back, to be honest. For sure, for sure. It's great to see him back in Italy. It seems like he was obsessed with England for a while. Yeah. But anyway, Pellegrini just did bits over there for that goal. It was a shame not to see him in Euro 2020 as well. I'm sure we would have seen him come on. We saw Pessina come on. I'm sure Pellegrini would have been that man coming on. Definitely. If it weren't for that Cristante got so many minutes. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> 
Pellegrino would have definitely got a few. Um, so moving on, the next part we had a 64th minute goal by Veretu to put Roma back in front. Um, classic right place at the right time for Veretu, Mikitarian, great on the run, and a great ball to Abraham who gets the assist. It was super. Abraham, again, a great run of the ball. The man just seems to be addicted to staying onside. He does look to play Mikitarian in. Uh, Mikitarian isn't exactly in that position, but Mr. Reliable Jordan Veretout. Can we please talk about Veretout for a second? Because he has been pivotal in the last three seasons to Roma. And I know people tend to talk about his fitness a little bit here and there, but to have a player that literally plays on the line half halfway through the pitch and has that contribution. He can smack the ball in the penalty area. He's always in the right place at the right time. And he did find the third goal of the game as well. Yeah, that was a really nice play by Shomorodov, who, by the way, looks like a typical Mourinho player. He Mourinho looks, would love him. Yeah, bro. he looks amazing. You know, he basically outmuscled the opponent. Took it to the middle and played very to right through who finished what very, ball, very instinctively. Finish, man. Yeah, he's so good at that. So I'm really excited as well. I know we spoke about where Napoli are going to finish in the season. Fucking Roma have a great chance to finish in that top four as well. I don't like thinking about that. No? No, I, I don't want to see Roma in the top four, to be honest with you, because they're so shit in Europe. <laughs> but anyway, this was another weird game to call because of the red cards, of course. Oh, such a theme this opening week as well. Yeah, everyone seems to be lack- lacking sharpness. Why it's- is everyone so pissed off, bro? Everyone's angry, man. It's the COVID rage. No, or uh, the Afghanistan rage as yeah, well. That could be it. But anyways, we move on again to the next game. Which was Cagliari against Spezia. 2-2. Now- this was interesting. Going into this game, of course, Cagliari's coach is Leonardo Semplici. Spezia's coach is none other than Thiago Motta, who Jake. has been described as a football terrorist. You have you have a hot take on Thiago Motta and his chances at Spezia, don't you? I don't think he'll succeed. I think they'll get relegated. You think they'll get relegated? Yes, Spezia. I think that Spezia did really well last year. Um, they had players like Agudelo who really helped them. They had Saponara who really helped. Um, they're missing those guys currently. Their team is okay. You know, they have Jazzy who's okay. They have Bastoni who's fine. They have, well, I'm just mentioning the goal scorers, of course, here. <laughs> yeah, but they, they do have a good team. They have Maggiore as well, um, Verde, who's nice. But I don't like their coach. I think he's underqualified. But underqualified, we are talking about Spezia here. Um, uh, so I think when you lose a manager like Vincenzo Italiano, who did bits for your squad, I think you could look at a younger manager to come in and bring a new philosophy to the team. I mean, Thiago Motta is known for his unique ways of thinking about football. And we've seen managers like Guardiola, Zidane, Gattuso have certain spells on on, on their team. So... To be honest, I don't think it's a bad call for Spezia at all. Um, I don't think they'll get relegated. That might bite me in the ass, but I don't think Spezia will get relegated. Um, They did get off to a great start. Giassi opens the scoring with a phenomenal strike, bro. Muntari-esque celebration to me. He caught the keeper off guard completely in the seventh minute. You know, and low-driven shot. Perfect. 
perfect finish, to be honest. In the 58th minute, they went two up. Bastoni scored with an Amian assist. Um, Amian's new, by the way. Um, he, he found Bastoni perfectly after Verde and Giazzi linked up well. They were playing nice football at this point, to be honest. They were, then, they were. But then it all collapsed when the man, the myth, the legend... Wow! Pedro. <laughs> wow, Pedro. Scores a long-ranged, low-driven shot, you know, from Strutman to Pavoletti to Marin to João Pedro. Bang! Goal. Just like that. The guy's amazing, you know. He's a, he's a cult hero. He's a mid-table baller. He's a mid-table baller. To be honest, I, I thought that he'd, he'd make a move last summer. He was so pivotal, pivotal, so pivotal for Cagliari last season. I thought we'd see him at... I don't, I, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a Roma, a Lazio type of team, slightly higher up there even if he comes off the bench. But he's doing bits for Cagliari, I think he'll have a big part to play this season as usual. But time will tell, um, I'm hopeful I might even pick him up in, in Fanta Calcio to be honest. Might be a good shout to be honest, he always scores, he always delivers, he's Mr. Reliable over there. In the 66th minute... He scored the penalties. Zoet was reckless, of course. Um, and wow, Pedro sends the goalkeeper the wrong way again. Well, Zoet, in my opinion, had quite a good game. He had a save from a similar curling um, attempt from from wow, Pedro. He, he got a brilliant save on that. I don't think he's a bad goalkeeper at all. Um, he's good, he's good. To be honest, the striker wasn't going anywhere at that point. Um, but it is a foul, it is a penalty. Um, wow, Pedro steps up, makes it 2-2. And I mean, to be honest, I think Cagliari were a bit better towards towards the end of the Definitely. game. They had 62% ball possession. They had 16 shots, you know. And they have Kevin Strutman. What a player in the middle, man, yeah, to be he's honest. he's playing really well. He's playing really well for them. So a decent start for both managers involved over here, two new managers. And moving on to another team with a new manager, we look at Sampdoria, Daversa. Daversa, yes, um, Parma's hero, even though they took him for granted and they sacked him and they, you know, paid the price by getting relegated, essentially. They should have never let him go. What was this game like live, watching it right in front of you? So this was the first time in my life I watched a football game standing on my seat the entire time. Yes. <laughs> the vibe was that strong. We were standing, we were singing the whole time, you know. It was great fun. And to be honest, flew by. I feel like Brahim scored in the first five minutes, even though it was actually the ninth minute. Um, what an assist by Calabria. What a player he's grown into. Captain material commanding everyone, you know. We caught this as well. There, there, were, there were speculations about Kier becoming captain, obviously, for the large role he played in, Christ, in the Christian Eriksen tragedy. But to be honest, uh, Calabria is a, is a Milan boy. He grew mm. up in the ranks. He's improved drastically. He's turned into a physical specimen as well. So intelligent, out-muscling um, Agudelo over there. Whips the ball in. Brahim, not the cleanest of finishes, but enough to put Milan 1-0 ahead. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Pioli has said many times that it's all about seniority. You know, yeah. the longest serving player is the captain. And to be honest, that's a, that's a, fair, a fair system. A very fair assessment. Um, mm. Manian was probably a large talking factor about this game, particularly after Milan saw yet another player leave on a free, um, which is Gianluigi Donnarumma, which is obviously heartbreaking for all, all Milanisti out there. But bro, Manian is so fucking good. 
his distribution is next level. I haven't seen anything like this in a long time. Pioli yeah. said after the game, he said, we're playing in an era where teams tend to man-mark a lot, which causes them to push higher up the field in order to get that physicality on the players. He said once they do that, Manian has great distribution, he's going to play the ball across. And apart from doing that, he could also save free kicks. You've seen him save penalties before at Lille. We saw him with a great double save this game as well. It's just a specimen and a half. He's so good. Cat-like reflexes, honestly, I'm very happy with him. Um, Kondreva seems to always terrorize Milan. Every threat that came from Sampdoria came through him. He gave two cross shots that were just beautiful. Yeah, they, they should have done better, to be honest. His teammates let him down. Sampdoria, to be honest, are the least active team in the in the transfer market right now. Um, their fans are very upset with them. Okay, interesting. Yeah, what did you think of Krunic, by the way? Because Milan were missing Benasser, Kessi and Zlatan. Of course, Benasser came on later on, but he was COVID-fatigued after mm-hmm. catching it for the second time, by the mm-hmm. way. What's he doing? Walking Jesus around, licking Christ. everyone's eyeballs. What the, <laughs> what's this guy doing? <laughs> No, but I think I think Krunic is that guy that you could, even though he's not a spectacular footballer, you put him in any position and he's going to deliver. We saw him play on the wing last season. We're seeing him play defensive midfielder, offensive midfielder, and he gets the job done. I think it was a great pairing with Tonali, with Afcon coming up in January and February. I do hope we see more of these performances by by Tonali and Krunic. Yeah, I think we'll bring in, well, Milan will bring in <laughs> um, a new midfielder, definitely, maybe Adli, or there was a link with a new guy today. They're, they're talking name. They're talking about Bakayoko as Bakayoko well. Bakayoko is pretty much... How close yeah, that is. It's, it's very close to happening. Okay. I think it's a good shout, personally. A, good, a very good move. Um, Sampdoria looked good though to be honest Colley and Yoshida are a decent pair and of course I feel like they missed Keita Balde who returned to Monaco of course um, they are very close to bringing in Scamaccia who was a Genoa last year Sassuolo very promising young striker big guy with goal prowess very angry father as well yeah his dad's a (laughs) bloody maniac poor guy He said, he said not to talk about his family. We're, we're pieces of shit. <laughs> we're terrible. We're, we're terrible. terrible. Anyway, we, we apologize. Please don't come anywhere near us. We're petrified of both of you. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, we, we praised uh, Koli and Yoshida. But I think two men we need to give special praise to are Kier and Tomori, bro. They were super. You know, they complement each other beautifully. They always have, you know. And Romagnoli on the bench... Is a good option too. I feel like defensively, we're, Milan are sorted. It's not a problem at all having Romagnoli on the bench. He's looking like a physical specimen. And he's coming on in the 88th minute, shouting orders at people. Like, it's the game of his life, even though he's yeah. coming on in the 88th minute. And he was replaced by Aloni last season. Yeah. One thing I would point out about Milan's defence, which I believe is totally Champions League calibre. The only problem I saw in this game was Hernandez, bro. Theo Hernandez has lapses in concentration. Now, I'm not saying, of course, he's a fantastic player. He's incredibly... He's got wonderful moments in him. Definitely. He's got, like, clutch moments. Uh, The amount of times I've screamed at my TV in sheer (laughs) ecstasy because of this guy is insane. But he does have moments where his his mind switches off. You know, he loses concentration, he loses the ball, and it's it's bloody dangerous, you know? It's very dangerous. And I think he got Milan to that situation twice. Thankfully, you do have those two units at centre-back along with Manian who could could save 
Milan's asses a couple of, of times this season. But I saw a funny comment that said that Theo is still in Ibiza form. <laughs> yeah. He's in Ibiza form right now. He'll, he'll be back to his normal self very soon, I can assure you. What did you make of Tonali? I thought Tonali... Um, I never faulted Tonali for his distribution. I always thought uh, he was a great ball-playing midfielder. But I've seen him excel more uh, when it comes to his defensive contribution to He's Milan. so good defensively. He's isn't incredibly it? good defensively. He gets those last-ditch tackles in that are so important for the team. We saw it time and time again last season and this season again, man. Yeah. And what did you make of Giroud? Giroud, I mean, for a debut, he did the best he could. He wanted it. He wanted the goal so badly. He fucking wanted it. But he did a great job holding off the defenders, playing with his back towards goal. Uh, He was a hustler in this game, which is something Milan need up front. And his his run is actually the thing that freed Brahim Diaz for the ball from Calabria. You know, he took the defender away, gave Brahim an acre of space, and he just smashed it home. Milan are the kind of team that enjoy playing with a large number nine. I mean, Mandzukic on loan last season, Ibra with a permanent <coughs> contract, um, and also Giroud now. So I think these kind of guys would have a great contribution to the season. One thing Milan may have lacked last season were options off the bench, particularly in the final third. I think that they have a great opportunity to bring a man on like Giroud this season and potentially even start him alongside Aleao across the season as well, um, fighting for his place with Ibrahimovic, basically. Certainly, and he should fill in for him when, of course, um, Zlatan inevitably gets injured or goes to <laughs> Sanremo. Um, Pellegrini should also be there as an option. Hopefully, he can stay fit too. He looked very promising at Genoa. Unfortunately, he couldn't replicate his form of Monaco due to the, the injuries. But we'll see what he can do. So thank you very much if you've made it this far. Um, we'll try, of course, to be back next week, punctually between Tuesday and Friday, probably. Um, remember to follow us on Twitter at Syria uh, Spotlight. And remember to ask us any questions. If you have any, we might include a question segment, um, you know, where we discuss your questions. Give us ideas, guys. We're still new to this. We know that a lot of you do listen to podcasts, so on and so forth. So do feel free to send us any suggestions, any hot takes that you guys might have, and we can try to discuss them in depth without getting sidetracked. Um, But it was a pleasure having you guys on board for this first episode. Hopefully this could become a constant thing. So stay tuned, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.